Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Alrighty, well, hey everybody! I am delighted today to be with my friend, Dr. Christina Crenshaw. I get to say doctor before she—I I knew her before she was a doctor. <laughs> it's fun to say that. But hey, with all Passion Purpose podcasts, our desire is how do we exalt Jesus? How do we love Him and honor Him with our lives? Mm-hmm. And how that? How do we grasp what is His purpose and His plan? Not just for us individually, but for everybody mm-hmm. who's listening. That's our heart, and yeah. I know that's your your heart. And so we are in for a treat. It's going to be a two uh, uh, play podcast. And uh, this first one, we're just going to get people to get to know you and uh, the joy of kind of God's own journey in your life and how that affects who you are today. But again, just for a little bit of context, um, uh, Christina is a uh, been a professor, a thought leader, a blogger, a, a <laughs> communicator, but for us, for Laura and I, a friend. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. for the last 20 years, she and her husband, Craig, have been dear, dear mm-hmm. friends, uh, at times confidants, at yeah. times our greatest supporters and encouragers, and um, we're grateful for you. Yeah. So I get the privilege of calling you a friend, yeah. even though I know you as also one who God's called to be a voice mm-hmm. in this hour. So, mm-hmm. hey, let's uh, tell us a little more of what you do, then let's go back, tell us your story. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for that introduction, Jimmy. And just so you know, Craig and I call you our spiritual father so many times. <laughs> cool. We feel like we have been very well loved mm-hmm. and just parented by your mm-hmm. leadership. So friend, but also just such a great spiritual leader and mentor to us. Um, yeah, so a little bit more about just kind of what I do professionally in this season of life. I've been an educator for 18 years. I taught high school English. And then when I went on to earn my PhD, I sort of dovetailed into higher education. Mm -hmm. So I have been at California Baptist University. I've been at Baylor University teaching full-time faculty for, I guess, about the last 14 years. Yeah, so most of my time has been in higher ed with college kids. I really enjoy that age group. It's just such an impressionable, formative time, particularly for them spiritually. Along the way, um, Craig and I had two beautiful boys, Mm -hmm. Christopher, who is nine. Uh, He is my wild man, just athletic Mm -hmm. and joyful and, yeah, great kid. Corbin, who is six, and he is just sweet, just mama's boy still, Mm -hmm. just, yeah sweet little guy. So Christopher and Corbin, they were just baptized. They were. Right? Just yes. like three weeks ago, I think. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, yeah. they were. Yeah. They had actually been asking for a few years, and we just didn't really know if they were ready quite yet. Yeah. So they would have probably done it sooner, but, you know, we prayed about sure. it and felt like, okay, they're ready. You know, yeah. they're both asking. So, yes, that was really sweet. And we went to James Avery and got him crosses uh, after that. They wanted to yes. mark the occasion. So they're still wearing them. Brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that uh, just back to that little James Avery cross when mm-hmm. Daniel, my youngest son, was 12. I got him one of those kind of as a manhood thing. Uh-huh. He still wears it. He's 22 oh, years old, yeah. and he still has it. I yeah. just love those little mementos. Yes. But 
keep going. Yeah, yeah. So that was real sweet. So they're still running around with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that that's kind of my family. We're Craig and I are about to celebrate 18 years of marriage this summer, which is just so hard to believe. Um, We dated before that, but it occurred to me. I said, Craig, we have been with each other for half our lives. Yes. And it just sort of blows my mind to think Mm. about like I have known you for half my life. Yes. Um, Which is just such a beautiful picture of what marriage is supposed to be. You grow up and you grow old in the Lord together. And it just, you know, Mm. kind of perspective now. Um, Can't really remember my life much without him. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's that's kind of who I am. Um, I am transitioning over the summer into a role with Dallas Theological Seminary. Yes. Where I will be doing cultural engagement and leadership Mm. um, and faith and work all Mm. from a Judeo-Christian perspective and for the glory of God. Beautiful. That's kind of what hey, we're saying. Hey, I, I know we're going to do this anyway, but I want to put an unashamed plug in. You can just go to Instagram. Is it Christina Crenshaw or Dr. Christina Crenshaw? I think it's just Christina Crenshaw. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I want to encourage you to travel with her as uh, Christina's getting more and more opportunities. And this Dallas Theological Opportunity is huge, mm-hmm. giving you the freedom and breadth to speak into the issues that God's anointed you for, worldview and all that. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that later, but I just shameless plugs along the way to connect you to what uh, God's doing in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. So take us back, uh, as, as we've all said, family of origin and our mm-hmm. own journeys shape who we are and what we do in life. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little your testimony, your story. Yeah. So I would say it was late in grad school that I had the holy epiphany of how much my childhood was impacting, forming, shaping my worldview as I was teaching classes and sort of having to consider that and ended up doing my dissertation actually on this topic on how the Christian worldview is integrated into Christian universities and whether or not that equips students to go out and be agents of change to do justice. So I started looking at that 10 years ago. So really 2020 didn't rock my world as much. But in that research, what I began to realize, you know, actually studying this, but even within my own heart, my own journey, um, was that because I came from such an unstable, broken home, I realized I was not a reliable source for authority. I could Mm. not be my own gauge of truth. Mm. I couldn't be my plumb line for where I was going and what justices and what, you know, things like, you know, seeking, holiness what does that mean because in myself i'm i'm fallen i'm broken you know just as scripture says Mm -hmm. and so for me to use myself as a guidepost wow was going to lead me into an abyss Mm -hmm. and i think i had that that revelation as i was teaching and studying worldview in in grad school but with my childhood, I grew up in a military family. So on the one hand, I got to travel the world. By the time I was mm. nine, I had lived in Washington State, Germany for six years, traveled all over Europe. Mm. Um, you know, I remember being eight and going through Anne Frank's house mm-hmm. and watching where they filmed The Sound of Music. Wow. And, you know, so it's just mm. a very, in some sense, an idyllic childhood right. that right. I got to see Paris as a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um But growing up in a military family also meant you didn't have any roots. We Mm -hmm. moved every three years. Um, I also didn't really grow up churched. We grew up culturally Christian. Mm -hmm. My parents were believers, and we would go to kind of like the church on base. Base But it was really clear, particularly retrospectively, that we did not really integrate 
the Lord. We didn't integrate Jesus into our home. Mm. So we had these, you know, again, kind of Judeo-Christian values, but that will only get you so far in life Mm -hmm. before they begin to fail you if they're not integrated and holistically part of who Mm -hmm. you are and Mm -hmm. your belief system and, and your reason for doing life. Yes. Um, My father ended up leaving our family, sadly, for another woman when I was only eight years old. Mm. Um, And I remember that because it was right around Christmas time. And he was gone for a week, and then he came back on Christmas Day. Mm. And, you know, I'm I'm only eight, so they were shielding me from a lot of behind-the-scenes conversation, but that ended up leading to a divorce. So we moved back from Germany to the States, and I was raised by a single mom for several years after that before she got remarried and I think my single mom did the absolute best that she could raising two daughters on a teacher's salary um, and really getting us involved in church as best she could but as you can probably imagine just still so much brokenness so much wreckage Mm -hmm. my dad gets sent to desert storm during that time It, it, it was a really difficult time uh, then my mom ends up getting remarried, and I, you know, I wish I could say that my stepdad was, you know, walking with the Lord and became the father that I really needed. But mm-hmm. it really just introduced more brokenness, mm-hmm. you know, more of the same of what we had experienced, mm-hmm. you know, lack of faithfulness, not right. really going to church. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to undergrad, I knew, wow, what I just experienced is not what I would want for my right. own family. Yep. So even just from this like sociological, sure. anthropological perspective, you yeah. know, faith is side, I knew right. when I looked at healthy people, mm-hmm. they had very different backgrounds than what I had. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to repeat for my family what I had just experienced. Yeah. Um, so it was actually in college that I began pursuing the Lord on my own for mm-hmm. the first time and realizing they have a inexplicable joy mm-hmm. that comes from something other than their circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, not always. And we've, we've all met grumpy sure. Christians. But, you know, for the most part, when I looked holistically, I realized that their sense of joy transcended anything on this earth. Mm. I also noticed a pattern that these people stay married longer, at least statistically more than people who are living in the world. They have healthier families. They're they're happier. They're doing well. So so I would say even just from that perspective, Mm -hmm. I knew what I grew up with in that brokenness. I could not repeat that pattern. It was just going to lead me to the same place that my parents had experienced. And so I think just that longing in my heart for normalcy and Mm -hmm. stability sought me to seek, okay, well, where am I seeing this, Mm. you know, in, you know, outside of the world, so to speak. And it was church. Mm. Um, And that is, um, you know, about the time that I met Craig, Mm -hmm. who grew up in a very healthy family. His parents are still married. They did an amazing job (laughs) raising them. I I probably ought to tell my in-laws that more often than I do, but they really did a great job raising Mm. him. And he just didn't have a lot of wounds or issues, you know, just healthy. And as I unpacked him as much as I could in college, I realized that that was coming from this Christian worldview that he had grown up with and and growing up in a healthy family and a healthy church. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that was what was first most attractive to Mm -hmm. me about Craig Mm -hmm. is that he really um, just sort of exuded everything that I wanted my life to Mm -hmm. look like. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to to know him and understand him, I learned that the source of that was was Jesus. Mm. Well, let me let me break in here. It's so, you know, it's so powerful, isn't it, that we often talk about 
you know, your starting place is what uh, determines your journey or uh, or kind of the challenges that you have. So Craig grew up in a stable home. So if he's looking at a finish line, he's 100 yards away because he had all this background and strength mm-hmm. and stability. So actually, he's only 100 yards to the finish line and he can carry people on your back where divorce, brokenness, abandonment, man, that puts you off the road, out in the woods somewhere. You find Jesus and you start making your way to the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I often say that, man, attach yourself to people who are 100 yards from the finish line, whether they're mm-hmm. older or whether yeah. they've had stability, because it begins to give you a bit of a plumb line of what normalcy can be. And of course, it's God himself, but it's also the people of God. And in your situation, the ideal situation, the love mm-hmm. of your life. <laughs> so yeah. uh, there is something about people's starting points that kind of help us understand even where they're coming from, let alone how to help them. Right. Anyway, keep going. Right. Yeah. And it, that affirms what a lot of researchers who work with, you know, worldview or in sure. the fields of sociology would say, too, that, you know, ages like zero to 20 is yeah. the shaping of Huge. your worldview. Yes. It's the origin of, of knowledge or... Um, you know, little plug for Mick and Drew who have the yeah. podcast Ideology. Yeah. Yeah. They unpack what we're doing in a short TED Talk, you know, yes. their entire podcast. Yeah. But uh, their very first one, The Waters We're Swimming In, looks at that sort of that origin of right. knowing um, ontologically, like how can we yes. know what truth is, what what mm-hmm. is shaping our worldview, or our lens. Yes. So they will unpack that, you know, throughout a podcast. But it is so true. Before you can even have conversations about almost anything, it comes back to what is your worldview? What is the, mm-hmm. What are the lenses mm-hmm. that you're looking through? Yeah. And recognizing that those lenses were shaped by Absolutely. your experiences growing Huge. up, particularly 0 to 20. Um, and then they'll say that 20 to 40 is, is basically when your worldview is challenged. You're yes. either solidifying Absolutely. yes or no. And that from like 40 onward, it doesn't really change much. Yeah. Um, and I think that we can, you know, sort of like qualitatively see that out in the world like people over 40 aren't shaken as much as this you know like college kids because 20 to you know 40 is like when you're asking is everything I was taught or assumed to be true from age 0 to 20 actually true and actually real yep yeah. So, hey, we're going to I'm, I'm going to stop you because we're, we're diving into the next podcast, which we're going to keep going. But let me let me go back to your 20 through 40 journey. Yeah. And all right. You can't you you get serious about God. You meet Craig. Uh, and then where does the church start coming into play or people from the church and that that uh that beautiful thing that God intended. The, the, how did that work for you guys? Yeah, so, um, you know, college was a little messy for me sure. uh, because I remember um, I grew up, so to speak, like in a certain denomination. You know, I won't name it, but, um, you know, not anything off the sure. wall, but a certain yeah. denomination. And I just had some questions. Like, as I began to read scripture, and, and again, you know, I'm in that 20 to 40 window of yeah. like, is this real? Everything right. that I've ever known to be true. And um, the pastor of that church was so kind like sit down and answer questions with me but then I would get my little car and drive across town to the other church right. uh, it was Grace Bible Church sure. and I would ask my theological questions there in college station and I did that for several months just in naivety sure. like yeah. they were kind enough like sure. come meet with us you know God bless them and and so through that I really you know my hunger for the Lord grew my hunger for truth mm. and this is a whole apologetics conversation yes, but like I wanted to know is mm. this real is this yes. true? Can I know him in spirit mm-hmm. and truth? Yeah. And I sought healthy leadership. I didn't go, you know, this is 
you know, early 2000s. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a you know, cell phone to just Google it on. I'd actually have sure. to go to the computer lab to Google that. <laughs> so I really just went to the source as yes. best I knew of authority yeah. on what I had questions with, which mm. I think is really important because yes. so often Huge. we see younger people going to just their peers or friends mm. or Google. Yeah. Um, Rather than going to somebody who has actually walked in this authority and mm. teaching, you know, for years and decades, Huge. you know, that you can trust them. Yeah. But it was messy. And I met Craig in that. And um, I think he would say that he saw in me a hunger mm. and that that was really attractive, you know, about mm-hmm. for him. So for me, I was really attracted to Craig because of just this peace and stability mm-hmm. that he'd grown up with. He was so sure of who he was mm-hmm. and who God was. And I think for him, it was that passion and hunger to know God more that he yeah. had always taken for granted mm-hmm. that was attractive. Um, but it was it was messy. And I wouldn't say that I really started deeply walking with the Lord and um committed to church until Craig and I got married and mm-hmm. we started attending mm-hmm. Antioch in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of the faith tradition I had grown up with, I was blown away. I mean, you know my story sure, enough to know. I was sure. like, wait, this is very, very Yeah, these different. guys are out there, They man. are out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, the hand-raising was like the Worship least alone, of the things. Worship alone, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it was, um, but of course, I trusted Craig. Mm-hmm. I saw fruit. I saw that he was growing. Mm-hmm. He was on fire. So everything that I put through this lens of like is this true and right according mm-hmm. to scripture it was there mm-hmm. you know and so that yeah. was part of what I was reconciling and wrestling with you know like this is so bizarre and yet scripture speaks to it and I yes. think that's so important to, yes. to say like Absolutely. I don't understand this but scripture says yeah they're singing they're dancing they're streamers rejoicing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, tambourines and then yeah. you say well there's psalm this psalm yeah, that exactly. it's, it's throughout yeah. the scripture right. we're just not familiar with it so right. I think that's a great point and uh, is that when something is new mm-hmm. or unfamiliar um, the scriptures are lens for yeah. is, if it is biblical then it's me that needs to adapt not yeah. it needs to adapt to me for me right. to feel comfortable it's I need to adapt to Jesus right. obviously in his word yeah. and that doesn't give excuse for people doing goofy stuff mm-hmm. uh, for attention or whatever to prove something right but there's a holy beauty to the uh, transcendence of God that's beyond us, Mm -hmm. that is beautiful and right, and then we can be secure because the Word of God is our stabilizer even in that transcendency. So that's be my little yeah. apologetic word yeah. for a moment. When scripture is the plumb yes. line, you can tether yourself to that. Absolutely. And yeah, filter, filter everything you encounter in the world through that. So fast forward is here as we kind of wrap up the first phase of our conversation. The um, uh, Your journey, kind of so the last 20 years, mm-hmm. your journey with church life, friends, uh, what what has shaped you kind of leading to today? Yeah, so for eight, we, 18 years we've been walking with Annie yeah. you know, We got married, we moved to Boston. Um, and it, you know, it's been a slow warm up for me. Craig sure. is the kind of person, I know you're smiling because <laughs> yes. you've seen it, you know. Um, <laughs> He's Tigger, man. He's yeah, just he all jumped in, all love in. It, love he ju- there was the pool, yes. he jumped in. I have been like slow <laughs> dipping for like, you know, good 15 of those 18 years. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, you know, Craig actually, he did the training school right before we got married and then when we got married he kept asking will you do the training school with me we do training and I would always like oh I'm sorry I'm working on a master's degree oh now I'm working on a PhD I'm so sorry (laughs) 
Um, and finally, I was out of degrees and excuses. <laughs> so I did the training That's school. That's awesome. Um, but I will say that I no regrets. That was really spiritually formative time. Mm. Got to know our training school well. Um, mm. Got to experience the Lord. So that is a plug for the training yes, school. Come on, really, like, even, yes, come Even all sure. the theological study I've done, yes. the training school yeah. was transformative. Yeah. So, yeah, we did Boston. We moved to Waco. That's when Craig yeah. and I were in grad mm-hmm. school. And then we moved to San Diego. So we have had experiences with the Boston Church Plant, Waco Home Plant, and then the um, All People's Church out yeah. in San Diego. Yes. And then we came back to Waco. But in that time, um, for me, it was a, a slow reparenting. Mm. All of the things that I felt like I had... Um, damaged in childhood you know things like well i didn't really know what it was like to have a father authority Mm -hmm. the lord was so gracious to give me friends fathers who Mm -hmm. were kind of that spiritual authority for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and and i say authority in a right in a healthy way i've never felt right not any kind of weird abuse or manipulation Mm -hmm. i knew in my heart that because i didn't grow up with that Mm -hmm. i needed it now Mm -hmm. and in many ways craig has been that for me, but you know, it's that dynamic of you know he's the sure. head of our family and yeah. our my co-laborer, sure. um, and I needed somebody older. Yeah. So I think being parented by mm-hmm. Antioch, um, mm-hmm. mothers in the church, fathers in the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. helped me really kind of like redeem and restore, mm-hmm. or the Lord redeem and restore what was yeah. so broken from mm-hmm. my past, mm-hmm. and I found that health mm-hmm. in the church body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the. In Corinthians, Paul says, you know, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And mm. I've become a father in the Lord. And one of our prayers in the middle of, of our journey has been, God, raise up multiple mothers and fathers. Mm. And all that means is people who genuinely are looking out for someone younger or someone uh, um, that is not as far in life as they are to care for them for their sakes, not for, like a true mother or father is doing it for the kid's sake. A true mother Mm -hmm. or father is doing it for the mentee's sake. Mm -hmm. It's not about them, it's about the people that they care for and the people Mm -hmm. that they love. And that's that's what I I get so thrilled when I see like the Ken Lorenzes of the world and different Uh friends that have invested in you guys' lives. I just get such joy because Mm -hmm. they are becoming mothers and fathers, not just to their own children, Mm -hmm. but then also to all of us who need mm-hmm. to be reparented in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's pause right there. We're going to okay. pick it up next podcast. And just for uh, those listening, just a couple of takeaways uh, for me is that family of origin shapes worldview. Absolutely. All of us have been pre-shaped, no matter how independent we think we are or mm-hmm. how we grew up. <laughs> we were deeply shaped and influenced by our world around us, even if it's a total independent world. We were okay. shaped by that world. And I love that 20 to 40 window. Mm-hmm. That's where all the questioning goes on. And again, that's mm-hmm. not a perfect, sometimes it's 18, sometimes mm-hmm. it's 42, but mm-hmm. in that window, you're having to own your own faith or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would say my observation uh, is that people have always been tossed to and fro in that window. It's just been yeah. extreme in our most recent days, right? But right. it's always been mm-hmm. the tossing and the sorting out. And I would say it's as much for a 35-year-old couple with a couple of kids as it Mm -hmm. is for a 20 year old these days yeah um and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment but for everybody listening zero to 20 hey it matters who you hang with how you Mm -hmm. live and how you connect with jesus big Mm -hmm. stuff regardless of the challenges of life 20 to 40 don't get tossed around Mm -hmm. find a resting place Mm -hmm. find a people that you trust to walk Mm -hmm. with 
and kind of the 40 plus crowd uh that would include me by the way uh <laughs> is yes god has shaped things but we also want to never quit growing Mm-hmm. And I would say 40 yeah. plus is also the time to then turn around and mentor Absolutely. the 20 it's to 40s the who now deal. need you. Absolutely. Yeah. They need you. So, hey, with that, again, just so looking forward. I'm with Dr. Christina Crenshaw. We're going to pick up uh, talking about the most recent 18 months of mm-hmm. our world and how that's affected her world and some thoughts that she would have for us on that. Mm-hmm. All righty. We love you guys. Passion Purpose mm-hmm. Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Catch the next one with Dr. Christina Crenshaw. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time. <laughs>